Hello, everybody, and thank you so much for coming to the Intuitive Art Show. I'm Rachel Archelaus, and today we have a wonderful guest who's going to share about her creative journey and her project called 52 Magic Mondays. Her name is Megan Crandlemeyer, and she is also a really good friend of mine. So this may be a more chatty episode, and I really hope that you get a lot out of her story, and I'm going to let her tell it. So, hey, Megan. Hi, Rachel. <laughs> so I really wanted to have you on because your creative journey is really fascinating to me. We met when you were getting some psychic development coaching and you were, you kept saying that you weren't creative. Like I'm not creative. I'm an engineering type, you know, I'm a web developer. I'm really logical. I'm right brained or left brained. And but you also mentioned that you really enjoyed photography um, back in college, right? Yes, in college. And so I knew something was there. And, you know, after we were done is really when it started unfolding for you. And now you have this amazing project. You've been interviewed by some Olympus people. Um, you're featured all the time in these photography shows you're getting honorable mentions and you're winning awards people are paying you to do portraits for them and it's just been so magical to watch this all unfold pretty effortlessly you know you've put in the time for sure but you haven't really been like pounding the pavement to look for opportunities so I would love to go through the whole arc of where you started and where you're at now and kind of how it felt along the way so that for other people out there, if they're thinking, you know, my life is missing something, I really would like to have a little bit more, you know, something going on, something exciting, but I don't know where to start. And maybe they don't think they're creative. I would love for them to see themselves in you and see how they can insert more fun or excitement into their lives. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, it was, it was a long process um, to get here. So, um, yeah. How do you want to, how do you want to start? It was kind of the, I guess the, it started with an uncomfortable feeling. Okay. Like something was missing. Um, and it was right around when I turned 40 and I had made, you know, some difficult choices, um, with regards to, um, some people in my family and, and having to kind of reduce contact and, uh, that was a difficult thing for me to do. And, but I did it because it had to be done. And once I did that, I felt like it made room for a new part of me to emerge. Um, it was like, I was stifled a bit being in some relationships that weren't so healthy. And once that shifted, um, off I went and, and you were the first person I actually sought out because for whatever reason, the spiritual and psychic side of me started to blossom around that time as well. And, um, and like you mentioned, I'm an engineer and I was, you know, I have an engineering degree and I was always taught to be in the left side in math and science. So the shift to, hey, wait a minute, looking at the bigger picture of what's going on and why am I actually having experiences uh, that you describe as more psychic or spiritual, um, it kind of woke me up a little bit. So that was the start of this 
learning, I would say. I like how you link them together mm-hmm. because I don't think a lot of people think about that, about how being spiritual and, you know, psychic and intuitive is a very creative process. Mm-hmm. And so that opening up for you really started your 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 ability to identify as more creative. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because for me, I find that my photography work uh, is extremely intuitive and I may not work like most photographers where, and sometimes I do, of course, I mean, there's, there's those rules in photography and it's good to know them and follow them. And there's a rule of thirds and composition and so forth, but there's actually also a really big part of photography, which is intuitive and to be present in the moment, um, whether you're photographing people or a sunset um, or, or a flower, there's this, I think the work is better when you are just in that moment and, and you just kind of know when the shot is right. Um, so yeah, definitely I connect my early work with you and, and some psychic development and spirituality with um, the photography because I find it a very intuitive and spiritual um, creative endeavor. So why did you stop doing photography in the first place? Because you did, you did experiment with it and enjoy it when you were younger, right? I did. Yeah. I, I think, you know, when I was very young, my dad had a, a nice camera and a light meter and, and he taught me a few basics on how to compose a good picture. And I was good at it right from the start. You know, I was never a person who took a picture and, you know, cut the person's head off or had, you know, a, a weird way of, of um, framing something like I, I always, when I look through a camera lens, it either feels right or it doesn't when I, when I look. And it was kind of funny cause I didn't even realize I was like that until I started studying photography in the last couple of years and learning about the rules and the rules of thirds and all that. And I was like, Oh, but it always felt like that to me. And now I see somebody's written it down and made it a rule. But, um, yeah. So even when I was young, I just had like kind of an intuitive sense of, as to what composed an image that felt right or didn't. And then in college, uh, my fiance at the time, then we did get married. He went and moved to Minneapolis for a year before we got married. And so I was more on my own because we hung out a ton. And, and then he was away working uh, at his first job in Minneapolis. And I was still um, at University of Connecticut for one more year. And so I found a, a photography club there and I spent a lot of time with those people and they were, they were really cool because I'd been through this engineering program and it was very science. I had a ton of math classes and to hang out with these photographers, they were just free spirits and really funky mm-hmm. and just did stuff to make stuff. And we did little um, portrait and silhouette shoots when we went out at night and shot night shots of churches and, you know, things that were lit up on the campus and it was really fun. And I even learned dark room and, and how to um, print and, and all of that. But you asked why, you know, why I stopped. Well, I don't, I think because that was just sort of this fun little hobby thing. And, oh, you, that can't be your job. Even though I really loved it, I was mm-hmm. an engineer. And I, so, you know, that year was up. We got married. I moved out to the Minneapolis area. I got a job and I just started the American dream. <laughs> 
working and buying a house and having a kid and building a house. And so I just did the very traditional route and I always had a camera and I was, was the one that, you know, take good pictures if we went on a cruise or took a vacation. I always documented everything, but I, yeah, I never considered that for myself. It wasn't encouraged by anyone. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, if I could do it all again, I would do it differently, but <laughs> I guess I am now. <laughs> yeah, you are. So, okay. So we got the earlier story where you just weren't considering it to be anything more than just that little fun thing that you were doing with those cool, free-spirited people. Yep. Um, and then you started waking up and you were noticing something was missing. You were still fighting being creative. Um but then your husband buys you a camera. Yeah. That was an interesting moment. So tell us about that. <laughs> That's very true. That yes, we can blame him for this, uh, <laughs> this endeavor. Um, and it was, it was actually unexpected. I was working with you and, and I was in my work with you and in basically, I mean, in my own like self exploration and personal growth and ton of reading of spiritual material and all that. I, um, I tried lots of different things, um, including like acrylic painting and and things like that, but I still can't draw a stick figure. So putting a paintbrush in my hand didn't make the stick figure any better. Um, but yeah, there was this feeling of, I think I'm supposed to do something more. And I actually said that to my husband one night sitting on the couch. I said, I, I think I'm supposed to do something bigger, but I don't know what it is. And he's like, Oh, and, um, and I still feel that way a little bit, although I feel much better about it. Like at least I think I'm on the journey, but, uh, yeah, partway into us working together, Jeff, I think for our anniversary or something, he said, you know, I I'd like to get you a real camera, like with interchangeable lenses. I think you would really like that. I never thought of doing that. And he had done a whole bunch of research and found out that mirrorless cameras were popular in Europe and they were starting to make their way here in the US more and they're they're smaller and lighter and just easier to deal with. You know, this big chunky uh, camera that you're, you're walking around with. So he, yeah, he purchased an Olympus uh, small a PM2, the Olympus PM2 and a couple of kit lenses came with it. And Oh my gosh. It's like, huh. I was off and running, although at first I was extremely uh, frustrated because photography is fairly technical, which is probably why I ended up really loving it when I really did the deep dive into, all right, well, what are these interchangeable lenses and, and what are these focal lengths and why, why are, you know, I would go on the Olympus website and look and be a 17 millimeter lens for $200 and $500. Well, aren't they the same? And so I had a lot to learn. Um, but that technical side of me really enjoyed the challenge. And I think I found it was feeding both sides of my soul. The, the technical, like I, I like that part of it, but then the creative, I just started to, to use it and shoot and do macro and get up close to flowers and and landscapes and sunsets and just started to explore, but it started a whole new journey of what do I actually love about photography? What do I love to create? Because in some ways sunsets weren't doing it for me. Mm -hmm. So that was a 
another, I, you know, I, I love it, but I don't love everything. Why, why can't I be thrilled taking a picture of a barn where my friends love barns or they love, you know, taking some other, you know, big landscapes and why don't I love that? So that started a whole new journey. <laughs> yeah. But I just want to emphasize that, you know, for someone listening, right. If, if they hear, okay, well, that's nice, but my husband's not going to buy me what I need to embark on my journey. You were doing so much work to create yeah. space for that to happen. And I think your self work of clearing and, you know, listening to yourself and working on all of that is what made space for that to occur. So, yeah. This started with, even before I worked with you, for some reason I felt compelled to um, take, do some work with Toastmasters for like public speaking because I realized I was terrified of public speaking and, and I was starting to network more for my web development business and I was afraid to get up and introduce myself and say who I was for 30 seconds. So I started with that and then then I you know, shifted the family stuff and then I started working with you and then I explored the psychic side of myself. I explored painting. I did a internet radio show. I, you know, all these different things of like, where do I fit? Where do I fit? Where do I fit? And so it was a lot of work and it was a number of years of trying different things. So I, in the end, I guess one tidbit would be there's not like, oh, there's this one answer. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you got to play. You have to play. And it's That's such good advice. Yeah. And then like you're saying now, like feel what it is you enjoy because you didn't enjoy all photography stuff. Right. So how did you discover that you like to mix the technical with the intuitive? Like, cause you were worried for a little while there, you were uncomfortable about calling yourself a photographer or an artist. You were uncomfortable with the fact that you liked certain photos, but you weren't sure if they were good. Right. Mm -hmm. So that whole journey of kind of becoming comfortable with the fact that you do love photography, you do love doing it a certain way and that you do feel it's good. And you know, the whole thing of it doesn't matter what other people think. That's really what opened you up to now winning awards. So (laughs) yeah. 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 Well, uh, Gosh, in some ways, I think I couldn't have picked a more difficult field to go in, although I now truly understand artists and musicians and painters and other photographers so much better because there there is no right answer, unlike a math equation. There isn't, um, there's not, I don't think there's any photograph anyone can take that everybody is going to love. Even if it is that one moment at 9-11 with the flag raising, I'm sure there are people that don't like that photo for a lot of reasons. You know, like art is, is so subjective. And um, so that, that's been a little bit of a brutal part of the journey of, of learning to accept that, um, of, that you can't please everybody. And that it's just another opportunity to get to know yourself better. And when I create images that, really resonate with me and I'm excited to share that's when I think my work is the best and those are the ones that do get an award or or recognize not all of them though some of them are so special to me and people (laughs) likes and no comments and then I'll put something out there that I like pretty well but not as well as the last one and 
and I'm loving how people are like, this is beautiful, or this is what I like about it, or this is what it means to me. So um, I have to put the work out. I don't put anything out there that I'm not excited about. Mm-hmm. I don't put something out there because I think it's going to get a bunch of likes on Instagram because now you're just you're losing your connection to your heart. But um, but I am learning to grow a thicker skin as far as sometimes the thing I think is my favorite doesn't get as many likes as some other photo. But um, yeah, but so the the journey to get to know what I love was. Um, just mirrored the whole journey of trying to even get to photography. You know, who am I now without all these family obligations and, and shoulds, I should be in the science. I should, should, should. I finally found my way. I knew I was kind of touching on the creative and then I found it and I found it with photography right now. You know, I hope I stick with it for long term. but that's what I love now. And then within that, was okay now who am I and that's where I kind of came up with a project idea for 52 magic Mondays and honestly and there's another big piece of like if I could tell somebody something I just did it without really even knowing what the heck I was going to do I said to my husband one night you know what if I went into Grand Central Station in New York City every Monday for 52 Mondays and did photography in Grand Central and he's like you could do that and then I was like (gasps) I could. <laughs> for like, well, that's not a good idea. And he's like, well, yeah, you know, you could do that. And then started to think about it some more. And and I, and I said, well, you know, maybe I'd go around a little bit outside of Grand Central too. And you know, I'm like, I don't know. I think I think I want to do this. I think I want to commit to 52 weeks. Didn't know much about street photography. Didn't know much about the fact that the lighting in Grand Central is horrible and you pretty much need a tripod to take a decent photo in there. Uh, but I just started because I knew I had to start. Mm-hmm. So I started. And what was the pull to, you know, was it that, again, that feeling of like you could be doing more? Is that what prompted you to decide that you needed a project? Uh Definitely. And and when you get into photography, I mean, you do see projects being mentioned and people do 365 day projects. I have a girlfriend that took a self portrait of herself every day for 365 days. And a lot happened in, in the year that she did that and her father passed away and you see pictures of her and she's distraught and, you know, also, you know, so projects are, are encouraged when you start studying and learning photography Um, but it still, I think was just a gut feel intuitive thing because it wasn't like I was lying awake at night, like come up with a project, come up with a project. (laughs) Right. It wasn't like for school. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I did read the book, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert in November of last year. And the concept of that book is that creative ideas are kind of like little entities out there in the ether and they'll come to you like a book idea or something will come to you if you're a writer. And if you take it on and nurture it and start writing the book, you know, it will grow like a plant and it'll flower and blossom. And you, you know, along with your creativity and your connection to your intuition and it'll go. And if, if you don't do anything with the idea, it'll go and find somebody else. Mm -hmm. So I loved it because it was such a fun, she's a great writer um, with that type of a book. And, um, 
and then I thought, well, how come a creative idea hasn't floated into my ether? And and uh, and then I came up with the Fifty Two Magic Mondays, and I'll never know if if, if left sided Megan <laughs> generated that or if it really, you know, I think it was a combination of uh, yeah, just an idea, and and but I didn't know exactly how to do it. And, uh, oh, sorry. I'll put it on. Um, it's okay. Let, I'm just going to do this so that I can see when I'm editing where to go. Um, so, yes, I, I just started and let it unfold itself. And I, I did go in with a journal, especially for the first three months. And so I would get into Grand Central Station. I would go down to the food court area and sit down with my journal and I'm not a journaler, you know that. And mm-hmm. I don't journal and I'm, I'm not patient with that. But I would sit and I would write. And at the beginning, I, I wrote like, why am I here? This is ridiculous. I felt terrible on the train. All these people are going to important jobs. And here I am with this little camera and, and making up a project and just going in, not even knowing what, what I was doing. So there were a lot of kind of angry journaling pages. And it's really important. I mean... Because it's your project, right? So why aren't you bouncing off the walls? I think people expect to be 100% like exuberant about something that's like, quote unquote, meant to be or inspired. And for me, that's not the case either. I mean, when I have got my big ideas, I have a big idea, I'm excited. And then it's like, oh my God, I have to do it now. And then it's like hell for a little while until I finally get over the hump. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember you calling me and being like, I had the worst day. I didn't know where I was. Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's just yeah. the truth of it, yeah. And Scary. I took the subway for the first time by myself. And I know, you know, for a lot of people, that's not scary. For me, it was scary. I come from this small town. I'd never been to New York City by myself ever. And then to get on the subway was always confusing. I never understood the signs. And I think it was partially me just, you know, I was with someone who knew what they were doing and I would just trail along. And, and part of what I learned is that I'm extremely capable and of a, a lot more than I thought I was. And I, but I had to like, I had to do some stuff on my own mm-hmm. I had to do this alone um, to, to figure that out. So I love that you just said that because we are so much more capable than we give ourselves credit for. And it's only really when we're stretched and pulled and uncomfortable that we learn that. Yeah. And yeah. I know you've grown a lot. I mean, you, you had the same feeling when you went to a different borough for the first time, when you did night photography there for the first time, like it was always this question of, can I do that? Am I safe? Yes. You've always managed to keep yourself in touch with your intuition so that you are safe and capable. Yeah. This week, actually, I mean, it was week 36, middle of the day, and I started to head down one street, wide open, nobody really around, got a really weird vibe. And I stopped and just turned around. And then a guy did walk by me. And I definitely felt something with him. There was some weird thing. And he kind of looked back at me over his shoulder as I looked back at him. So I always glance again, you know, because need to be aware. New York is great now and it's, it's super safe. It's clean. You got to have your wits about you. There's certain areas you don't go into, but there was something weird there, but I trusted that initial, like, mm, don't really want to go here. 
today. And, uh, and I think there was a little something weird. So, mm. yep. so yeah, yeah. Just because I'm out there doesn't doing this. I'm not ridiculously brave and like, well, I'm spiritual and I'm creative and I can do whatever I want. You know, I'm still on earth, <laughs> still mm-hmm. in the city. <laughs> so I'm careful. I think that's great. So for people who are wondering, you can go to 5252magicmondays.com and see Megan's um, collection of photos from each week. And she's even grouped some weeks together and put them to music if you want to see them in quick succession, just how how her days and you know unfold. It's really cool. And why don't you show us some of your pictures now so we can see? Sure. I do have some photos. Yeah, and the music... Uh videos it's just kind of like a slideshow to music totally unexpected new creative thing that I'm doing that I just love and um so I love how it it grew again into something something else so all right I'm going to click the uh, screen share here Um, put on glasses for this while you do that one point I wanted to um mention again is that when you were talking about getting the idea of a project from Big Magic you don't pluck the whole complete flower out of the sky, right? You pluck the little seedling or the seed. Yeah. You have to grow it. Yes. I think that's so important to keep in mind. Like you're not going to get all the details at once. You're going to have to figure it out. Yes. And I don't think there's one right answer either. I think that this project could have morphed into anything really, but it, it, it had to resonate with me. So if, if taking kind of formal portraits of strangers was something that I love doing, then that's where it would have gone. Yeah. It's, it's just that whole always staying in touch with what feels right. What am I most excited about? Who am I as a photographer? Um, And I, so I did a lot of figuring that out and um, that's the fun part. And I'm still figuring it out. I'm still finding new stuff that I get excited about. Cool. So this is a very moving image, so I'll let you explain it. Yeah, this is, uh, this is really, I have a couple that are favorite. This is probably my favorite image that I took, and it was early in the project of maybe week five or six, um, and New York had had that blizzard in February, and that happened on Saturday into Sunday, so this was Monday, Magic Monday, and off I went. Um, not realizing, I mean, this is actually, the snow is cleared pretty well, but most of New York, the day or two after a blizzard is not cleaned up at all. And so that was an interesting learning experience. And I was walking in six, eight inch puddles and, you know, everybody making their way to where they need to go. And I actually approached, this is a woman that's leaning against the garbage can. And I came from, um, in the distance there. So I came face to face with her as I was walking and it was just so shocking and sad. And she was kind of writhing in the blanket a little bit, trying to cover herself. And I had that whole feeling of, do I even take a picture of her? Cause that's not my thing is to necessarily seek the less fortunate to photograph. Um, but I walked past her felt terrible about her situation. And I turned around and I took one photo of her and this is it. I just took one very intuitively, kind of just leaned over, took it, kept going. 
And, and it was when I got home that night and pulled into the computer, I was like, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. I think it's respectful of her and it captures a moment there. She is struggling. And then you've got the, the guy and the girl just um, in front of her, like looking at their phone, trying to figure out where they're going. And it's, and I love that the garbage can says fifth Avenue. This is reality. This is, you know, Trump tower is just down the street. And um, this is how, you know, some people are surviving right now. Wow. Yeah. And this has gotten a lot of attention at um, photography exhibits and such. Yes. It's won a couple of, uh, uh, yeah, won a first place award and I got an honorable mention somewhere else. And that, again, with, um, you know, doing photography shows and stuff, it's an interesting process because to me, this image is so moving. And, uh, but, you know, some, some other image, one, it was just more of a regular portrait. So it really depends on the judge and what they're looking for and what moves them. So, um, yeah, uh, this was a, this is another favorite. This was in the winter and I call it Mohawk Man. And I had um, set up against this window that where I just love the super clear reflection that it was making. So the window's on my left. Um, and again, kind of that intuitive thing. I, you know, hadn't done anything like this before with a window and, and then I was seeing how perfectly the people were reflecting. And so I stood there with my camera against the glass and, you know, it's New York and I know I look weird, but nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. Moving along. And uh, so I just said, all right, I'll just wait until somebody kind of super interesting comes by and then I'll move on because it's cold. And gosh, within 30 seconds, out of the corner of my eye, I see this man and he's in this business suit, very thin and a mohawk. And I got one shot of him and this was, <laughs> and I was kind of disappointed that he wasn't coming at me or facing me. But I think at the same time, it's kind of cool because he, he remains a bit anonymous. And uh, yeah, so just that kind of, I don't know, guy in a mohawk in a business suit. It's just kind of fun. Yeah. And I love how his right foot is just slightly off. And the yep. front, you know, you can see the movement and, and it's funny that couple in the foreground are kind of like, I don't know what you call it, middle ground. Um, they look similar to the couple in the last photo. They do. It's interesting. Yeah. 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 It's interesting to look at everybody in this photo and like the, yeah. woman, the, the hat with the little beanie and you can see someone holding a sign just on the far right. Um, it's just, it's just this nonstop action and all these people surrounding you in New York, all with their own personal journeys and agendas and spiritual talents and who knows what's going on. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's pretty yeah. neat. And just as a footer, uh, this summer I stopped by at my favorite window and literally a man with a mohawk was standing there leaning against the window with the coolest shoes and this polka dotted shirt, I love black and white. He was all in black and white, very into his phone. I probably took five photos of him. I kept kind of, I, I, you know, I saw him and I took it and then I backed up a little and I took it, you know, just trying to maybe get it right. And he never paid any attention to me. And um, yeah, so that window, is, every time I go, <laughs> I get something, so. Nice. Um, this was also in the winter. Uh, my first time uh, in the Madison Park area, and they have this small building on this kind of 
funny little island that's between the park and uh, Italy, which is a, a market there. And it's this kind of island. They have a lot of seating in the spring, summertime, and the box sells some food and, and wine. You can They have like a little happy hour. But anyway, this man with a box was sitting there and it said box and he had this big box. And yeah. Uh, Here's where we see your sense of humor. Yeah. Yes. And I'm huge into humor. If, if all I could photograph were humorous situations, that's what I would love to do. And that, that is my goal. And I, um, I have a lot of, um, I have a page on the website on 52 magicmondays.com that's called, isn't it ironic? And most of them are funny. Some of them are not I actually have the, the woman wrapped up in the blanket is, isn't it ironic on that page because of the fifth Avenue meets someone that's, you know, homeless. Mm-hmm. But, so, and then this was a, a sad situation. This man in Soho area, um, in early summer sound asleep. And it, it just his feet really struck me. And so I just photographed those just to kind of, you know, document what I saw and just the, the dirtiness of the feet and the wrinkles. Um, and I, I like the image a lot and it was special to me, but the following week made it even more special because I, I just kind of popped into St. Patrick's Cathedral on Fifth Avenue I just was walking through there looking around and, and they have this, um, I think it's called a Pieta or Pietra, you know, it's, it's like a carving or statue type thing in the church. And I looked at the feet and I believe it's Jesus um, laying in like Mary's lap or something. And the feet to me look just like last week's photo with the creases and just the way the feet are even angled. And so um, I thought that was interesting one week later um, seeing something like that yeah you know we're talking to a really spiritual community right now and so I think it's safe to mention something like you know you probably see a lot of injustice and homelessness and poverty in New York City but there's also this element that everything's perfect and so seeing that man the week before must have been heartbreaking. And then seeing this though, like in a church, like here's a statue in a holy place, like kind of like a nod to nothing. You don't really need to worry about anything. Everything's really perfect on that higher level. And yeah, this can sound really snooty and horrible and in denial of me to say, but I think we're all okay with the fact that this is on the, you know, higher self level, the overall level. And that, yes, you should still, be concerned about your fellow humans if that's what you feel called to do. Absolutely. And I do, I feel, I felt like when I saw this, it was almost like a message that, you know, he's safe and he's protected. Yeah. It's amazing. Whether it's a Jesus figure, you know, to me, all of religions, everything is more symbolic than mm-hmm. anything to me. So, um, you know, I don't subscribe to any particular religion, but uh, yeah, so it, it was it was just interesting and for me to even notice. And this is where I how much more I see now than mm-hmm. I kind of walk through a little bit of sleep through my surroundings. And now through photography, my eyes have really woken up to little details sometimes that are interesting. There was a study done about Instagram and that people who constant no, not constantly, but regularly Instagram their lives are happier because they're training themselves to look for moments worthy enough to photograph 
So I imagine that it has to have an effect on your consciousness and your well-being if you're actively looking for things, right? To like, yeah, or yep, I'm looking for things that are interesting to me mm-hmm. and that are humorous or funny or moving. Um, I don't just take a picture, like I said, you know, to, just for Instagram or something, but it has to mean something to me. And it's funny because just the other day I was walking into the grocery store. I did not have a camera with me. Uh, and there was just this woman in this super bright red long dress with a bright red hat and red bracelets on her wrist. And I was like, oh man, you'd be on 52 Magic Mondays if, uh, if I was you know, doing my thing just because she looked beautiful and she was just so red. And uh, there was just something special about her. Like, you know, so normally I just walk by, but now, yep, now I look differently at, at everybody. Um, this was a favorite of mine, and this is in the East Village of New York City. Uh, and that that area is is a mix, and it's um, very blue collar. Um, in some ways, like a little behind the time compared to you know downtown Manhattan when Rockefeller Center and all, you know all that's happened there. This is. Uh, a little different. And, and I saw this young girl uh, standing in her, she had a couple of people with her a little bit in the distance. It was almost like she tuned them out and she was so mesmerized by the advertisement for these sandwiches. And, you know, this is going to be a judgment on my part, but they don't look as healthy. I wish she had better options. And so I call this image her choices because I feel like right now this young girl is growing up in this environment and these are her choices. Um, and, and she, you know, doesn't have a lot of other options when you're a kid, you, you eat what is there and what your parents and your community serve. So I just thought it was interesting, especially with, um, I don't know, like even my shift from to vegetarian and mostly vegan and all that. I was like, Oh, I wish she had better options, but they're perfect right now. And then the last image I'll share is, is uh, I, I love this one. Um, it was, I don't even remember if I, I don't think I was totally in the Chinatown area. It was close though, but there was the man in, in the robe, kind of a monk looking man, but the man in front of him is in a t-shirt that has basically a picture of the guy that's behind him <laughs> walking and his shirt says the long walk to freedom. And I just, I, I love the shirt. I, I love that he's wearing that and the, the message of it. And then just that juxtaposition of, you know, somebody right behind him who he doesn't even know dressed like that. I thought it was fun. So yeah. Very cool, Megan. Yeah. So those are just some of my special ones, but there's tons. So on the, on the website, there's my, I blog about every, um, every visit into the city and, um, and not all of those are creative type shots or kind of, they document the day and then creative ones are in there as well. And then I've started making collections of them as well. So I have construction workers and people and, uh, st- uh street art and things like that. So, you know, if there's something people want to look at it and, you know, they're not into reading the whole blog, they can just take a peek at some of the collections. Perfect. And you can also sign up there to get emailed every week when she's posted that week. So if you want to stay in touch with her and not have to remember to go to the website, just sign up for the email. She only emails once a week. She never 
Yep. Um, it's just a link. It's a yep. link and a couple of photos that's uh, like a little preview and a link. And I kind of say where I went and that's it. Yep. Just to let people know. Cause yeah. And I always enjoy getting them. So any yeah. closing words, Megan, about like how to follow that spark of inspiration when it's hard? Well, um, try a lot of stuff, I would say. Like if, if you're feeling unsettled or like something's missing or you're supposed to do something bigger, then I think you are. And and don't don't get discouraged if you don't find it right away. Just keep trying different stuff. Always staying true to what truly resonates and, and not to just try and convince yourself that you like something. Or even if somebody tells you you're good at X, Y, Z, if you don't love it, then it's not right. So keep going until you find the thing you love. Very cool. And I cut you off there. Were you going to say something else? Oh, I don't remember now. So no, it's totally fine. (laughs) Sorry about that, but I'm excited for you. I can't wait to have you back on again. She's, she's going to a bunch of um, conferences over the next year and she's got goals to be a speaker and submit to some bigger ones. And I just, every time I look back at what you're doing, it's like you've gone to a whole new level with it. So it's so exciting to watch and thanks for inspiring me and so many other people to put yourself in your life. I mean, I think that's what you've done. You've carved out time each week for yourself, which continues to grow and you're spending it doing something you really enjoy and you love and seeing where it goes. Yeah. Good job. (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank you because you were a big part of the beginning of the journey for sure. So, um, yeah. And, uh, I'm just happy where I landed right now. And I just know that it just continues to evolve. So we'll see. I, I hope to write a little book about it and, and we'll, we'll see where that goes. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to the intuitive art show. If you want to see my intuitive art drawing of this episode, it will be on the show notes page on intuitiveart.com and we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for watching. If you're new to Intuitive Art and you've never done it with me, go to intuitiveartacademy.com for your free class. You'll learn how to have a conversation with your higher self in three easy steps. That's intuitiveartacademy.com. And if you're already a pro or you've done the free class, and you want to learn more about creating abundance from your purpose, go to workyourpurpose.com and you'll watch a free video series all about what it takes to create a purposeful income from doing what you love. All right, enjoy and I will see you later. Bye bye.